You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. It's Crystal Iram here. We are here for part two of Abundant and Love. This is an advanced love manifesting series. So I have a couple of things that I am planning on sharing today, and they're going to be really good. What I'm most excited about sharing with you is basically a very high-level consciousness hack. This is going to just be a really big game changer in terms of your entire approach at love and relationships, because the thing that I hear most frequently from people who say that they are trying to use manifestation and law of attraction when it comes to love and relationships is that it gets very hard to hold the faith. So it's like on some level, they understand the principles and it's just, they don't know how to hold the faith. Things get hard. They go on a crappy date. It seems like it's not working. So I'm going to share a hack for moving past that. So I'm going to give basically, I've got like four steps that I'm going to give you basically. This is not the entire manifesting process. This is four of the sort of more advanced manifesting practices when it comes to love. So this is for someone who already has clarity on what they want, what they need, what their requirements are, like has the clarity around each of those things. Um, this is for someone who knows how to get into the vibration of the relationship that they want. This is for someone who, yeah, already has an understanding of how manifestation works, specifically as it relates to calling in a man. So, the first, I'm going to call it a step. I'm just going to say steps, but they're not like, like I said, this is not the full manifesting process. These are advanced things. But the first one is creating closure around the past. Closure is one of those things that people just like, they want so much in relationships. Like everyone wants a closure when relationship ends. Women go crazy because I say that like ghosting is not such a big deal because everyone wants closure. And I understand that. It's a very natural thing that we desire to have closure because here's what happens. When we have something that is left incomplete, our brain keeps searching for the reasons to close the loop. And when we go through a painful breakup, a really painful breakup where like it hurts, our minds are telling us there must be a reason for this breakup that is as dramatic as these emotions that I'm feeling. So, you know, that's what it is. So it's like we can get an explanation where it's just like, oh, the chemistry just wasn't right. Or I was looking for something a little different. And it's not as dramatic as our emotions. It doesn't make sense. We're like, well, that can't be it. So it feels like this incomplete loop. So our brain is looking and looking and looking for more information. So that is why people get hung up for weeks or months or years and feel like they cannot let something go. There are certain types of people, certain types of personalities where like that'll feel even more dramatic. So, you know, I'm not big into like labeling people left and right. 
Because I know that, you know, a lot of women will say like, oh, I was dating a narcissist. But it's just like we refer to everyone who's a little bit selfish and into themselves as narcissists. That's not what I mean. But there are people who are actually narcissists. So if you were in a relationship with an actual narcissist, that would be a situation where it's going to feel like you have a really strong desire for closure. and You're sort of left holding the bag. There's other types as well. And obviously it can happen with someone who doesn't have a personality disorder per se. So we have this desire for closure and it really can keep a lot of people from moving on because you're just going in this loop. And here's a hack for you. This is, this is like more than a mindset hack, really. This is like, I don't know, like it's a consciousness hack. This is really at a different level of consciousness is creating closure for yourself. It's not that it's complicated, but it is not the easiest thing to do because you have to convince yourself that it is real. But here's what I mean. When I was in law school, I fell in love with this guy who was like a very close friend. He was like my best friend. And we had a very close relationship for several years. Like it was years that he was like my best friend, the person I felt very close to. And I was in love with him. And, you know, for whatever reason, he did not see me as his person. But it was hard because, like, I knew that he, like, really cared for me very much. And I knew that he thought I was beautiful and, like, very intelligent and, like, all of these things that I knew that he really liked about me. And we had this relationship that was sort of, like, we didn't discuss what the relationship actually was. And, like, I never straight up said, like, by the way, I'm in love with you. I feel like we should be together. We just left it in this weird sort of limbo place. And then we we were drifting apart. School ended. We had taken the bar. And we just, yeah, we just drifted apart. And I still missed him. I still wanted to see him. And we would see each other very, very sporadically and occasionally. So one day he called me up and we were just talking. And he very casually mentioned that he had a girlfriend. And when he told me that, I was devastated. I was absolutely crushed. I was just like, what? And like, he said it so casually. It was the sort of thing where it's like, I felt like someone had hit me in the stomach. Like my stomach just fell out from the bottom of me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I have to go. Because I was just like, I'm, gonna, like, I'm, I'm losing it. I was so hurt. And I... I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just absolutely devastated. And so, you know, whatever. I, I like went on that I didn't tell him how upset I was because he never really knew what my feeling, like I had never spelled out my feelings before anyway. So I was just like, okay, he's moved on. He has a real relationship now. Like I need to get serious about moving on and to let go of this guy. Finally, it had been about three years at this point. So I was just like, I'm not going to talk to him. Like, that's it. We're done. He's moved on. Like, we're not talking. So in my mind, I was just like, I'm not talking to him. And so he called me a couple of times and I just ignored. He messaged me. I ignored him. So this goes on for about a month. And he called me like a handful of times. And then I was at work one day and I get this number. Uh, I get this call from this number that I don't know. And I pick it up and it's him. And I was totally caught off guard. You know, I hadn't ex been expecting to hear from him from this other number. And so I just, I like, I got up the nerve to sort of tell him, you know, because he's just like, you haven't been answering my calls. And I was just like, 
I'm not mad at you. I'm just, you told me that you had a girlfriend and I was just, I was really jealous and I was really hurt. And I, like, I couldn't talk to you. Like it didn't seem like the right thing. And so he was like, Oh, like I had, I had no idea. Like we need to talk. So I went to talk, like he, he, he picked me up and we just like went for a drive and, you know, we sort of talked, but it was like, I couldn't say anything. I, we created this dynamic where I was like used to not fully saying what I wanted. And so I just, I didn't say anything. Like there was nothing for me to say in that moment. He dropped me up back at home and like, we'd had this conversation that like ended up being nothing. And I had written him this like letter uh, a couple months prior that I hadn't sent. It was really more just like for me to sort of express everything that I was thinking and feeling. And, you know, I put out like why he was amazing and why I was amazing and why I thought we'd be amazing together and like all of these things. So I'd written this a few months prior and I pulled it back up on my computer and I read it over and I was just like, wow, this is really very much how I feel. And so I, I showed it to one of like my best friends and I was like, am I crazy if I send this? And she's like, no, it's beautifully written and like a really nice thing. Like, yeah, send it. So I sent it and, you know, I know he got it. I know he read it and he never responded. And it was really like a very, it was hard. It was very hard for me. It felt very crushing because I put my heart so on the line. I'd spelled it out so clearly. And then to be met with absolute silence was just, it was confusing. And it's like, talk about wanting closure. It's like, I felt like I just had all these loose ends. And there was nothing I could do. You cannot force closure out of someone else. But here I was in this situation with this person that I loved very much and who I knew loved me on some level, but hadn't chosen me. And like, all I wanted was an explanation. Like I wanted to understand, but at a certain point I was just like, wow, there is never going to be an explanation that makes sense. First of all, I don't think he could articulate it even if there were, but also like, what am I actually going to be able to accept? And so, you know, a number of months went by and I was still feeling kind of sad about it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to do something different. I'm ready to let this go. I'm going to create closure for myself. So here is the closure hack. Before I went to bed, I did a little meditation where I basically grounded myself. And so grounding yourself looks like taking a couple of breaths, imagining light coming from above, down through the top of your head, into your body, down through the bottom of your feet, and then back through you. And I decided in my mind, like, I was just like, what? is the explanation. Like, what is like the truth of the situation? And I tried to, I felt into it. And then I told my subconscious mind, I was like, I want to dream about this. And I want to get completion from my sleep. When I wake up, I want to feel complete around this. I want to feel satisfied with the answer. So this is what I'm telling my subconscious mind. And I just sort of continued with the meditation. And then I went to sleep. So the first night I did it, nothing happened. And I was just like, okay, nothing happened. I've never tried this particular thing before. So NBD, I'm going to try again. The next night I did the same thing. I got really grounded. I said, I want to feel complete. Again, I woke up in the morning. I did not feel complete. The third night that I did it, I did the same thing. And I took like a longer time for myself. Like I took a bath. I got really relaxed. I 
wrote him a release letter. And then I did the same thing. I said, I want to have a dream about this. And I want this to, I want to feel closure around this. So that night I had a dream. In the dream, I walked into a Starbucks and he was there and he was like, oh, Chris, I'm so happy that you're here. I want to talk to you. I said, oh, okay. And we sat down and we had the conversation and we had the conversation. We had to talk about what happened. And he articulated it in a way that sounded like something I would actually expect from him. And I woke up the next morning and I, I felt closure. I felt completion. And I sort, I said to myself when I woke up and I remembered the dream, I was like, I've released this now. I feel good. I have closure. I'm complete around this. And that was it. Because once an event is over, the only reality is in our own mind. So for me to get closure in my own mind is the only thing that actually matters, right? Like it doesn't actually matter what his explanation might have been. It doesn't actually matter that I heard it from his mouth. I needed my mind and within my heart to feel completion around this. And that's what that did. This is so powerful because I cannot tell you how many people I see and hear of who spend ages trying to get something from someone that does not want to give it to them, doesn't want to, or isn't able to. So I was able to create that for myself. So there is your consciousness hack number one around closure. So here is your second consciousness hack. So this is going to sound basic, but bear with me. Gratitude for the masculine. This is going to be even more relevant to all of you who are looking to call in love right now because popular culture is sort of at war with the masculine. And as much as it would be more accurate to say that we're really at war with toxic masculinity and the patriarchy, it really spreads out and it becomes something against men more generally. You know, and I think it's an amazing thing because it's like, Our society overall is sort of elevating and moving into this different level, which I think is really beautiful and ultimately will be for the best. Everything's ultimately for the best. But it gets a little bit mm, muddy as it gets mixed in with like how actual humans interact, where, you know, women sort of wanting to feel safe, wanting justice for wrongs that are done wrongs that have been done, it gets taken to an extreme where there is this overall sense of sort of hatred, disgust, disdain, and fear around the masculine. So here's your consciousness hack is gratitude for the masculine in all ways. So here's what I mean. If you want to have a man in your life, a special, wonderful, you know, loving man in your life, you have to be able to show gratitude for the masculine. Sometimes women are very dismissive of the masculine. We, Sir Alison Armstrong says it better than I possibly could. So what she says is that women look at men as if they are hairy, misbehaving women. And what she means by that is that women often look at men and we think that's not how I would do it. So he knows better and he's choosing not to. You know, he should know. He should know that this upsets me. He should know that this hurts me. He should know that I would prefer this. 
he should know. So it's not only that he should know, it's that he does know and he's choosing not to. He is misbehaving for some reason. We hold it against them. And, you know, we sit around and we'll talk with our girlfriends and we'll say, can you believe he did that? It's just like, no, it's such an indecent thing to do. I would never do that to someone. And that may be true. You may not ever do that to someone, but that doesn't mean that it's inherently wrong. It means that men operate in a different way than we do. That's really it. They operate in a different way. They see things differently. They think differently. They feel differently. They are a different type of being. This is not about excusing actual bad behavior. This is not about saying like, oh, it's okay for men to, you know, be violent or perpetrate crimes against women. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about there being different codes of conduct and appreciating men for their own code and for what they are. Here is an example that so many women hate, but I think is a really interesting one. Men are very deliberate and conservative with their resources. And their resources don't just mean their money. You know, women often think just as their resources being money. Their resources include their energetic resources, like their time, their energy, their emotions, their, their mind. All of those are resources. And are conservative with theirs. It's not just that they're conservative. It's that they want to use their resources well. So, any guesses what situation that shows up most in, in a way that's very upsetting for a lot of women, in a way that men might want to conserve their resources? Okay, so the place where this comes up very frequently in modern dating, ghosting. Ghosting. This is a prime example of men using their energetic resources very conservatively and very wisely. So I really refer to ghosting as just the first few times that you're meeting. To me, if you're in a relationship with someone and they disappear, that's a different thing. I don't count that as ghosting. I'm talking about when you're on like the first, second, third date. So ghosting is annoying. I know women hate this, but I'm going to explain it to you in a way that is going to shift your perspective around it. So ghosting is the worst, right? Everyone hates ghosting. I mean, I've been ghosted. I get it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel enjoyable. But here's why it actually makes perfect sense. If someone is being very conservative and deliberate about how they use their resources, then you have to see how ghosting makes perfect sense. If a man has gone out with a woman once or twice, there is no relationship between the two people yet. It's just someone that you've been on a date or two. And if he realizes this is not a woman that he is going to be in a long-term, committed, serious relationship, then he no longer wants to use his resources towards this woman. So it is not about being cruel or unkind. And I know that's the way a lot of women interpret it. They say, oh my God, it's the only decent thing to do is for him to call me and tell me that he doesn't want to see me again. How dare he just disappear? Like, doesn't he know how wrong it is? He's so immature. What a coward. Only assholes do that. Like, these are all the things that I hear about ghosting. Men who ghost are absolute cowards. They shut their balls cut off. Like, these are all the things I hear about ghosting. And I'm just like, uh, no, bitch. He has his reasons for it. And you are expecting too much from someone that you do not know. Ghosting makes perfect sense. 
because this is not someone, he does not know you. He does not know you and he doesn't owe you anything, I think is the important part also. And you don't owe him anything either. So he doesn't know you. He doesn't owe you anything. He's decided that you are not the woman for him. He no longer is going to invest his resources in you. Instead, he is going to conserve his resources for something that is still meaningful and still important to him. Something like another woman that he's interested in or his work or his health and fitness or any of the myriad of other goals he could potentially have. He is going to save his energy. And this is not to say that he is per se afraid of your emotions. But what it is saying is that he recognizes that you could be really upset, that he could take, you know, the minute it takes to call you and tell you he doesn't want to go out with you again. And you could be mad and you could yell at him. You could curse him out. You could tell him what a jerk he is. There is the potential that he will have to expend a lot of energetic resources to have this conversation with you. And he doesn't want to. He has decided he does not want to invest any further. He is not interested in giving you more of his energetic research. So why would he use up resources to convey that? You'll get the hint eventually. And yes, I know it sucks. But when you can recognize that like there is an other side to it, you're moving more towards a place where you can have greater appreciation for the masculine. When I think about it like that, I'm just like, man, I should be more conservative with my resources. You know, think about how easily men are able to set boundaries and to say no to things. Women drain themselves. We will run ourselves ragged, not for ourselves, but for other people because we have these weak boundaries because we have all of these like energetic leaks within ourselves. So rather than being so angry and frustrated at men for having stronger boundaries, for being conservative with their resources, you can look at it as like, yeah, I don't like that on a personal level, but I can appreciate that he is taking care of himself first. You know, where do I need to take care of myself first? I think that's like a really great lesson also. Men take care of their own needs very quickly. Like they keep them top of mind, right? And like if they need something, they deal with it right away. So anyway, I'm. this ended up being a little bit longer than I meant for it to be, but gratitude for the masculine is a really it's a powerful energetic force. It's like anything else that you have gratitude for. You know, it's like when you have a friend who acts really happy to see you and is really grateful that you're around, like you want to be around them more. Like when, when I see someone who's like, Crystal, I'm just like, yeah, hi. Like you appreciate that I'm here. So that makes me appreciate being here. So you want to think about when you have gratitude and appreciation for the masculine, you're going to bring in more of the masculine. And also, this applies to on the energetic level, but it applies just as well <laughs> with actual human men. Human men respond incredibly well to gratitude and appreciation. So I spoke about this a little bit in part one, talking about like not giving too much and how like a big smile and a really sincere thank you can go a long way. Like you don't necessarily have to do, you don't have to give in a more tangible way. That can really be a lot. So the third point, third step, the third energetic hack, if you will, is cutting off when you see red flags. So I was actually on a call today with a woman who was considering joining my mastermind. And as soon as I was having the conversation with her, she was giving me some context about her love life. And I was just like, 
You have really weak standards. That's your problem. Your standards are very low. And here's how this came up. Because I said, when do you want to get married? And she said, um, well, I would definitely want to date someone for at least a year and then live with them for at least a year. So I guess in about two and a half years. And she was in her mid-30s. And I said, why would it need to be so far away? And then she told me this timeline that she had in her head. And she said, well, I've seen it happen that people move in with someone. And once they move in together, they see all of these things that they didn't know were there. And, you know, they find out these really bad things. And, like, I've had that happen also where, like, I'm involved with someone. And then as I really get to know them, you know, all of these red flags are coming up. And I said, no, that's not what's happening at all. Because I know that's not what happens. Because that's not how it works. No. The red flags were there from the beginning. You saw those red flags two or three weeks in. But you were happy to have a man in your world that you liked and maybe had great chemistry with and had a connection with. And so you said, I'm overlooking these red flags. That is what happens. The red flags are there from the beginning. On the rare occasion, someone will show you this totally different side and they've been conning you. But that's not usually the case. If women, if you would have your eyes open as you're dating, if you would have your eyes open and you use that period of dating to actually vet someone to find out the information that you need to know, you wouldn't need all of that time. This is a powerful thing that too few people are willing to do. When you see the red flags, you have to say, I see this red flag, I'm done. So I spoke a little bit about the year of the man and I spoke a little bit about my past. So you can see that clearly there was a time when I did not do that, where someone would show me that like, you're not meeting my requirements. I'm seeing huge red flags and I'll stay in it. So it's not that you have to be born that way. You can make a decision at any point to decide, I'm going to approach this totally differently. And that is what I did during the year of the man. If there was a red flag, the relationship ended. And it wasn't in like a brutal way where I was just like trying to hurt anyone. But it was just like, I know what my boundaries and standards are. So if I see red flags, I have to let this go. I'm not going to stay in a situation, what, waiting for the red flag to, you know, burst into flames and like destroy my heart and my life. No. When you see a red flag, you cut it off there. We come from the scarcity mindset, right? Where it's like someone's in front of me. And yes, I see these red flags, but he's already here. So how am I going to let him go? Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll change. Maybe we should get married and it'll go away. Maybe we should have a baby and it'll go away. No. No, those same red flags are going to be there throughout the relationship and eventually it's going to get to a point where it's unbearable. So this is a powerful energetic thing when you can say, I see this red flag, so this relationship has to end here. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's the hard choice that I'm making, but I have enough faith in what I'm actually creating. And that's what this is all about. On that energetic level, you are making a declaration to the universe. You're saying, I know that there's something better for me. I know what I desire. I know what I require. I know that I get to have it. So I'm willing to let go of this thing that I'm seeing where he's not meeting me with what I need. He is showing me this red flag and I can see that this is going to be a bigger problem later. And even though it's not that big of a deal right now, and I really like him and I'm really enjoying getting to know him and I'm having so much fun and I want a boyfriend and he wants to be my boyfriend, but there is this red flag. Even though all of that is there, I believe that I get to have what I want. And this person is not that. I can see that this relationship can blow up in my face later. I am putting my faith in something I do not yet see. I am putting my faith in what I am actually creating. And the universe says, okay, she's ready. Look at what she's willing to give up. She's not settling for this. 
this is a situation where we're talking about settling. This is where you're saying, I'm not settling. And so the universe gets to meet you because you are taking this big step. You're taking this big step forward by saying, I'm willing to go back into the unknown, back to this place where I don't have someone because I know and I trust and I believe and I have certainty that I get to have what I want. That's a powerful declaration. And the universe says, okay, great. Let's give her someone else. Let's give her someone else without those red flags. But you've got to take the first step. Too many people, they want to wait for the evidence first. They say, yeah, I see these red flags, but I'm going to just stay with him just in case. I'll keep him right over here and then maybe someone else will come in. No, when you can step out into that place, it's like I get to have what I want because I do. I know that I'm worthy of love. I am lovable because I am. The universe says, yes, that is the truth. Let's let him go and bring someone else better right in. Powerful, powerful thing. Get very excited about that. So if you want to have a quantum leap in your love life, this is something you have to adopt. My relationship with my husband was able to move very quickly from me being completely single to me having a serious boyfriend, to me being engaged, to me being very happily married. And it was because there were no red flags. The relationship could just progress. It could just progress. There were no red flags. So, you know, are there times when you're going to have to work through things in a relationship? Absolutely. But what I have seen is that women hold on to this adage about like relationships take work and they apply to situations where it's not relevant. A relationship takes work. If you are married to someone, if you are in a serious committed relationship with someone, then of course, put in work. You can make things work. I'm not walking away from my marriage because we have a fight. But it does not apply when you are three weeks in with someone. No, you are dating. This is the time that you are vetting someone, trying to see how good your compatibility is, how quickly and easily you can move through issues. And are there any red flags? You know, it's like I meet these women who are in a relationship. They've been with this person for three weeks. They've known them for a month. And they're miserable. And they're like, well, relationships take work. I'm like, that's not what that's about. That's not what that is about. You are just like putting yourself in this cycle of misery. Stop it. Like you see these red flags, let it go and move on. So I'm going to share the last energetic hack that I have. This one is extremely powerful. This is going to be sort of like your... North Star. Like this can guide everything that you do going forward. What I see from a lot of women is that they are trying to use manifestation in their love lives. But then when I ask them more about it, when I find out what they're really doing, what's actually going on, they're not manifesting at all. And the reason I say that is because they are not practicing the amount of faith and certainty that's really required to make manifestation, you know, possible. If you are just sort of going through the motions and you don't actually believe that you're going to call on your person, you're not seeing how it's going to happen, you're getting discouraged every time you have a bad date, then you're not manifesting. Manifesting really requires that you hold the faith, even when it looks like it's not happening, even when it looks like there's no way it can happen. You know, nothing is going my way. All signs point towards no. You start manifesting when that's what's happening and you still believe. When you really know at like your core that it's happening for you. And this is an important 
it's important that you do this. If you give up based on your circumstances, then you're not going to get there because when you are dating, it's going to get hard at times. It's going to get frustrating. You're going to meet guys that are total duds. You're going to have someone say something obnoxious to you. Someone's going to, you know, send you something you don't want, you know, over the messages. And it's just like, you cannot allow the small setbacks to really get you down so much that you're like, well, it's just not working. I don't believe it. And, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can sort of overcome that. But what I see from most people is that as they sort of decide what they want, and then they spend a lot of time processing. And so, I mean, like as different things happen, they're like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And they spend a lot of time processing, trying to figure out what different things mean. You know, um, if I meet someone who's like this, does what does this mean? And and, and, and just like constantly digging for the meaning in these various situations that come up. And when you're sort of beginning, when you're creating the foundation for manifesting and for calling in the love that you want, this can be helpful. It can be productive because it can sort of help you wrap your mind around like what it looks like to take responsibility for your life and how things then show up when you do that. But it can get you to a place where you're stuck in it, where you're constantly just looking for the meaning like outside of yourself. What does this mean? How do I interpret this? And if you want to quantum leap, there's a very simple shift that you have to make right around this. And that is you stop processing. You stop looking for the meaning and you decide the meaning for yourself. You start determining what things and events mean. So here's how this looks for me. For me in the year of the man, when I was like, I'm calling in my husband this year. I had my manifesto. I was so crystal clear on everything that I was calling in. And I was really building up my certainty that it was possible for me. And when I stopped processing, I stopped saying like, oh, this guy did that. What does that mean about where I am on my path? I stopped looking for meaning in that way. And I began assigning meaning. So for example, if I went out with a guy and I really liked him and he didn't call, I would mean, I would take that to mean wow, I must be getting closer to my person and I don't have to waste time with this other guy who was eventually not going to show up for me. I would take the meaning. I would assign the meaning myself. I wouldn't be looking for meaning to pull out of the situation. If I went out with someone and he was really boring, let's say, but maybe he had like a nice beard, we'd be like, okay, great. My person's getting closer. I love beards. I thought, I, so this is a sign. So I took everything and I turned it so that the meaning I saw it having was what I actually wanted. So this is how you quantum leap. This is how you collapse time because you create a singular focus. You get so focused on what you desire, what you want, what you're calling in, that nothing can take you off of it. Nothing could deter me because I was creating all of the meaning. I There was nothing that could happen where I was like, oh, I guess I don't get love. I guess it's not working out because everything that happened, I decided the meaning. I assigned the meaning for myself. And so very quickly, that became my normal. You know, the, when I first started doing it, it took a lot of effort because it was hard. I was used to being defeated really easily. I was used to sort of giving up constantly where whenever something negative happened, it really like pushed me off my path or made me feel like, oh, it's not working out. He's so far away. I'm never going to have him. And when I made this little shift where it was like, no, 
I have certainty around this. Everything means that I'm on the right path. That's why I was able to climb really fast from that point. It allowed me to make a quantum leap. And, you know, when I say quantum leap, it's partly just because the relationship that I was in was able to progress in a really rapid pace, which is what I wanted. But also, it was a big leap in terms of the quality of the men that I was calling in. You know, I was calling in sort of average men who would sometimes treat me nicely, sometimes wouldn't. And then when I made this shift, it was like, all of a sudden, everyone was treating me differently. Everyone was showing up for me differently. It was like I had really locked into that sense of certainty where there was nothing, I wasn't looking for anyone outside of me to validate me or to make me feel good or to make me feel like, oh, it's actually going to work out. I was giving myself all of that power. I was fully owning all of my power to create the result that I wanted in that area. And so that is what allowed me to shift really, really quickly and easily. So you're going to have to pay attention to do this effectively. Because if you don't pay attention, you're going to keep falling into your pattern, which is probably going to be looking outside of you and also being discouraged and defeated really easily. Most women that I see, they become discouraged after every bad date, after every time they start to like someone who doesn't call. So if you're dating really actively, that's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of disappointment, a lot of discouragement. It's going to be very hard to move forward. So you're going to want to start doing it immediately where it's like right away. It's like, no, this is a good sign. I'm on the right path. When you start practicing it, it becomes really easy. And then it's just like you have that absolute certainty. And then once you have that absolute certainty, you're able to really easily become an energetic match to what you want. And once you're an energetic match to what you want, he just comes right into your experience. It's not going to take so much effort. The effort is what you're going to do in the beginning when you're switching your thinking, when you're making this mindset shift, because it's a very small shift, but it's so powerful. I'm not looking for meaning anything. Everything is pointing towards me getting what I want. Here is the meaning that I'm giving to the situation. So this is the way that you quantum leap in love and relationships. So simple, so powerful. That is what you're going to start putting into practice immediately. So thank you for joining me. And I will talk to you again soon. I have an amazing new resource for you, and I am so thrilled to finally be able to share it. I have created a quiz so that you can find out what your love type is. This quiz is going to take you just a few minutes, and by answering some questions, you'll get a better understanding of what some of your biggest blocks to calling in the relationship you most desire are so that you can clear them. Not only are you going to find out what your love type are, but I'm going to give you personalized recommendations for resources that'll really help you move along your journey so that you can call in the love you most desire. You can check the quiz out by visiting bit.ly slash love type quiz. Again, that link is bit.ly slash love type quiz. And of course, I will link it in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So 
If you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us. Thanks so much. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. 